0: Stoveleg
1: Media, igniting conversation.
0: There's 50 stars on the American flag. This is the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's
1: got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off.
0: Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Back battle. Welcome to the Fact Off, I'm your host Alex and it's with me as always is Pat. Hey, what's up everybody? Hey Pat, how you doing? Good. Just us today I think. Yep. Oh, and Mike is also here.
2: I'm the one who usually gets introduced first.
0: Yeah, I want to switch it up. See what the feedback is from the listeners. I haven't That's won true. since
2: I've been introduced
1: second, so just try to... Anything to sway back my direction of winning? Spoil
2: alert. It was a tie this week, so there's there's nobody won, not even the listeners.
1: Well, there
0: is a loser though, because only <laughs> yep. two of us tied. <laughs> yep, Pat lost, so there's no winner, but there's he is one the, loser. Uh, he's the jerk off of the week. <laughs> and that's right. If two of us tie and jack
1: off, it's, it's fact off jack off. Oh yeah, the jack off of the week. Oh jerk-off. yeah. That's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a little known fact. If two of us ties. And the person who did tied for the lead is the jack-off of the week. That's me. That,
2: that sounds more convoluted than it should be the way you said it, but...
0: No, that's fine. Well, welcome to the fact-off. You must yeah. not listen to Alex's fact. <laughs> welcome to the fact-off, a weekly podcast where we uh, each bring you a random <laughs> and obscure fact and you, the listeners, decide who the winner is. As mentioned earlier, me and Mike tied this week. Woo! Congratulations, well, thanks. Mike.
2: Thanks for bringing us back to the scoreboard.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it was filling us and people couldn't place who won and who lost.
2: Well, if anybody ever wanted to find out who won or vote to sway the results, they could just hit the vote button in the show notes on their podcast app at Choice. Please vote and sway the results my
1: way. Today was voting day in Pennsylvania. I don't know about you guys in Kentucky and Ohio, but... I tried to sway the votes a certain. Oh, way. then two
0: weeks ago when you told me you had off work for voting day, <laughs> I was off work. I just assumed it was voting day. <laughs> Your fact better be good. <laughs> and then today was like, oh no, today's actually voting day. I don't know yeah. why I was off two weeks ago.
2: <laughs> well, the government's trying to throw you off. They don't actually want you to vote, Pat.
0: Yes, it's true. <laughs> I voted for the real thing. I didn't vote for myself. All right. So, um. We don't have a victory fact because me and Mike tied. So that means we go right in the Pat's fun, fast, fact, super, fact, tacky, fun. Let's see. First up. You want to explain the rules, Pat? Pat brings five facts from a weekly calendar and we decide which ones we like and which ones are dumb and aren't real facts.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you asked if I wanted to <laughs> explain what the fact, fat, Pat's fun facts are, <laughs> and then you didn't give me any time to explain it.
2: You immediately went into it. And we could actually sell this calendar on our store, you know? We should. We'll just, like, I'll find... I don't know who made it, but we'll find We'll put we the Amazon you know,
1: link. Give them a shout-out. They're really carrying this podcast. <laughs> um. All right. So, yeah, uh, this week, Mike, you do the sad fact of the week. Alex, you do the best fact of the week. And I will read the facts of the week. First up, the matrix code means sushi. What matrix code? I think from the movie The Matrix. There's no follow-up information. Also, we are at the whims of this daily calendar. These are the five facts of the week.
2: You could tell that the person who made that calendar was on like a summer vacation or something like that.
1: Yeah, some of these are just... Maybe they went to uh, jolly old England (laughs) because (laughs) Buckingham Palace in London, England has 775 rooms, including 78 bathrooms.
0: So what's that like? Break down to seventy-five. You said seven hundred and fifty-five rooms.
1: Yeah, my bathroom to room ratio is way better
0: than Buckingham Palace. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was <laughs> yeah, thinking. Terrible, right? Seven hundred and fifty-five divided by eight. Nine point six. Seventy-eight. Yeah, sorry, I did seventy-eight. by eight bathrooms. <laughs> uh, Nine point six rooms per bathroom. That's crazy.
1: Mine's uh three rooms to two. Nice. And there's only two of live here. Olivia.
0: We each have our own bathroom. Each bathroom is bigger than my house. <laughs> it's true.
1: All the clocks in Pulp Fiction are set to four twenty. Really? Guess what day that fact was on? May twentieth. April twenty sixth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they miss they missed the big
1: opportunity there. <laughs> it was like six days later, like shit, we had this one fact. About I Ford like 20. to think
0: the guy who's doing these camera uh, calendars have all, all year and then he waits till December thirty first. Like shit sure, I have to get these in
1: <laughs> Well he's like looking through his house for right? all the ones from last year's calendar and he just mixes them all up. Yeah. <laughs> so one year that was on April twentieth, but he tried to try to mix it around. Alright, that's only three. We have two more. Tootsie Rolls used to be part of World War II rations.
0: I think I did know that.
2: That's what that Now song they're part Tootsie of, uh, if you go to the gym, they're part of the ration at the gym.
1: It's true. Planet Fitness. I used to love getting the Tootsie Rolls and undoing all the work I'd just done. And you
2: could compare the two, World War II and Planet Fitness, about the same amount of effort.
0: There was no lunks in World War II, so... <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that was a big alarm. That would sound to uh, a Storm Normandy. That was the lunk alarm. <laughs> yeah. Gerard thought the Americans were all lunks. We're all dropping weights (laughs) and making grunting
2: noises. Side note, I actually got the lock alarm pulled on me once. (laughs) Nuh
1: uh. That makes sense. Do you have your pants down? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're not talking about that here. (laughs) All right, last fact. Uh, Is this a mini episode of the Future Jam? Because Google was almost called Backrub.
0: What? Backrub?
2: Backrub? That's
0: a terrible name. Yeah, yeah that That's, that's
2: automatically the worst fact Probably of the whole show's history <laughs>
1: The sad fact of all time Yeah Well, I mean, well you, if you the best fact
0: to, <laughs> I assume if you go to backbub.com now It's something completely <laughs> different
1: Maybe they're trying <laughs> to take it back from like perverts
0: Yeah uh, I would say I'm doing the best fact of the week Yeah I would say Which I would <laughs> say the Tootsie Roll one I already knew sure it, be- but I yeah. did find that
2: interesting. It sure beats the uh, Google guy at the massage parlor that was coming up with names.
0: <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why did we put creepy Ted in front of, <laughs> in <charge> of it? <laughs> naming the company? I have uh, two choices. We could either go with Google or Backbub.
2: <laughs> you don't well, want to hear my third one. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he was uh, he was <laughs> giving that speech to HR. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into the show. So you guys uh, won last week,
2: technically tied. Who, goes, who picks? Do I, I pick cause Pat, I lost? You, you got to go first, Pat, because you didn't go first for a while.
0: And then me and Mike will go I at the same like time. Me and Mike will go, say our facts at the same time since we tied. That's fun. I can't wait for that. <laughs> All right. So my fact
1: is about a sweet, adorable old lady. Um, <gasps> me? Have you guys ever been to Nebraska? No. Did you know that there is a municipality, that it's the only incorporated municipality with a population of one? Yeah. Is it Omaha? It is. <laughs> it is not. Um, it's Manawi. That's where
2: steaks are from. There's got to be more than one. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh, it's just one guy
0: and all the cows. <laughs>
1: It's either, I don't know, I didn't look up how to pronounce it. It's M-O-N-O-W-I. What what do your facts always have
0: the hardest words to pronounce?
1: It's an easy word. I just don't know if I'm saying it wrong. Anyway, uh, Elsie Eiler is an 88-year-old woman who's been living alone since her husband Rudy passed away in 2004, and she is the sole person who lives in this town in Nebraska.
0: How big's the town, square footage-wise? I had it, and I
1: didn't write it down. Not that big. (laughs) It's not important at all. (laughs) That was the one fact. It was in like kilometers or something because there's a BBC article. And I was like,
2: I don't know what that means. (laughs) So it's so inconsequential that the BBC writes about this (laughs) town in America and nobody in America knows what the hell is going on.
1: Yeah. So she's, you know, she's the only person who lives in this town. So by default, every year she has an election. For mayor and every year she votes herself to be the mayor of this town and she actually has work to do as the mayor of this town of one person she's uh required uh to have a municipal road plan every year so that she can get state funding and she has to actually raise taxes so guess who she taxes
2: herself
1: <laughs> she taxes herself 500 dollars every year to keep the town's uh three lampposts
2: flickering and it's water flowing so pat right. why didn't she set up like a um speed trap's and that sort of thing, and like make a huge amount of profit she
1: well, she does make a lot of money, I don't know if it's a lot of money, but she you know she had to she wanted a liquor license, so she applied for a liquor license to the state, they sent it to the town uh clerk who was herself she <laughs> f- <laughs> filled out the paperwork, sent it to the town secretary, also herself, <laughs> and then sent it to back to the state and so now she is the uh she owns a uh a bar in the town. It opens at nine AM every day but Monday to give herself a day off. And it's just every day she gets a uh, you know, a lot of repeat like customers, like a lot of truckers, you know, and tourists come to visit her. And that's her job. She's open for twelve hours a day. She runs her little uh bar. How old and is she? She's eighty
0: eight. Is it like a lawless town?
1: Yeah. She's a, well she like carries two guns on each hand and she's like, is
0: she like Gene Hackman's character in Quick and the Dead? Yes, exactly. Every year she
1: has a A quick draw competition. Yeah. Um, So, this is, I was just giving a little shout out to her husband. Uh, They lived there most of their lives uh, after they got married. Her husband was an avid reader, and one of the last things he wanted to do before he died was to turn his private book collection into a library. Unfortunately, he died before it was finished, but Elsie and her kids finished the library. And now, in her bar, there's a key behind the the bar and if you ask for it it's a key to the library you can just go over to the library and check out books it's all on the honor system because she's also the librarian and the bartender so she can't do it at the same time
2: saying you're an avid reader is the only thing to explain yourself is probably better than saying you're a chronic sitter
0: (laughs) yes yeah but I thought I read that he never sat down once in his life
2: it's true
1: Rudy was he's a walker and a reader and he likes football yes
0: Wait, is it Rudy from the movie Rudy? It is. I was going to get to
1: that. You spoil my fact every time. Uh, Because there's only two of them in the town. She had to carry himself on her own (laughs) shoulders after the game. He was even (laughs) too small to play on the town's football team, even though there was no other players on the team. Um, It had a post office in 1902, but then they shut it down in 1967. So I have no idea how she gets any sort of mail or anything.
2: She must drive to the town over to, to a P.O. box or something like that.
1: It's said that a lot of people will just like offer to run errands for her. That's how she gets a lot of stuff done. People are like, hey, do you need some, you know, you need help. And that's how she pretty much manages to do a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't know at the age of 88 how you could possibly manage a bar. That's a lot of work for that age.
1: Any work for eighty eight is a lot of work, but hey, she's you know she's a mayor, she's a librarian,
2: she's a secretary, she's a clerk, she's a bartender. Yeah, I can't complain about anything. I like, I don't do half that. Yeah, I don't do a fourth of that.
1: I thought you were mayor. <laughs> I am the mayor. All right, if you're listening to this in other countries, I'm the mayor of Philadelphia, and don't let anyone tell you anything <laughs> different, especially the internet. <laughs> um, and then so I just want to point out that it wasn't always a desolate town. In the 30s, the population peaked around 150 people. So it was never a large town. But she <laughs> said that most people moved or died. No one, like, moved in? No, it's like a bunch of town ta- uh, like houses are all, like, you know, dilapidated and stuff. And I guess <clears throat> it's weird. I was thinking, like, if someone moved in now, it would ruin the charm of the place. But it would also, like, probably help her.
2: So wait a minute. What, what if we all... Fixed up a house, moved out there, and ran a bar, and did a podcast.
0: Yeah, we should do that. Is Nebraska in Tornado Alley? I don't know. Are, Are you afraid of tornadoes? Tornadoes? Yeah. Well, well, Mike's, Mike's
1: fact was about tornadoes at one time.
0: Yeah, Mike, you should notice.
2: Yeah, Mr. Tornado, uh, he just radioed in and told me that, no, it's uh, not a problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy you have one standby all the time. He listens live. And that's my fact about Elsie Eiler, the 88-year-old woman who lives in a town all by herself, Manawai, Nebraska. Better even than though,
2: living in a shoe, I say.
1: True. Apparently, it's, uh, the name derives from a Native American language, and it means flower. But they don't know what language it was, so who's to say it even means flower?
0: What um, What's the name of your fact?
1: A one-woman town. It makes sense. You're a one-woman man. Wait. Oh, can I change it to "This town ain't big enough for the two of us"? Nope,
0: it's already been oh, down.
1: I just thought of that. Oh
0: my god, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. So, if you like Pat's fact after the episode, you listen. Go vote for him on the link in the podcast notes. If you like my fact now, just turn off the podcast and
1: vote for me. Don't even bother wasting your time on the other two. I don't like it honestly,
0: <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're going next. No, Mike went. The middle times second the past couple times.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess because I'm the jack off of the week. I don't have any say. (laughs) Yeah, get behind me, (laughs) Satan. All right, I guess Alex goes because he was complaining about Mike going second.
0: Yeah, I think that's why Mike's been winning a lot lately. He's going second.
1: Oh, the old second spot. Yeah. Yes. Mike's favorite spot. Yep.
2: You're
0: stalling big time. Yeah, can here. you just Come get on. started? Okay, okay, hold on. <laughs> so, have you guys ever heard of the incubator, Doctor?
2: No, Doctor Montcony. <laughs> I've not. I've not heard of this person. Really? But what is an incubator? It's where
0: premature <laughs> babies are put that helps them survive in the NICU
2: when they were born. So it's kind of like a. Plant sauna or a sunhouse for so for like
0: babies. you ever see like a like well like the zoos they have like the hatchery for like chickens or like they use them for like baby animals yeah yeah that that's what they are and that's what they originally started as and then they moved them to help baby humans survive really is that true yeah well they that's like cool. the technology was like a little better but that's what they kind of started as this guy. He said he was a doctor. was not a real doctor. He okay. said he was born in Poland. His real name was Michael Cohen. Yep. Wait, what was his doctor name? Martin Coney, which he probably changed it when he came through New York. It's oh, okay. pretty obvious. But he said he was a doctor. He he got like, his doctorate in Germany before he came over. And then he said he trained with a French doctor, Dr. Bodin, who's like supposed to be like the father of neonatal medicine and he said he trained with him but really there's probably no way he did he might have worked at like a technician at a world's fair when they were having these hatcheries as like an idea to help keep kids alive because he only he came to the us when he was only 18
2: so you're saying this is like at a time um when if you had a premature baby pretty much your baby was kaput unless something like this
0: yeah, yeah what, they what said. What time are we th- talking here? The early 1900s. Okay. So they said three out of four babies died; that were premature at the time.
1: Wow.
0: And like people just weren't doing anything about it. They're like, no, they're we're not gonna like. It was pretty much like, well, if your baby's not strong enough to survive, it wasn't strong enough to survive. And they say by all accounts, so it's probably the same amount of premature babies born then as there are now. So like, the, it wasn't like the numbers were different. So what did this guy do? He was in 1903. He shut up shop at Coney Island, put up a big sign. Imagine this, Mike. It's 1903. You're coming down. You're going to go ride a roller coaster, do some games.
2: Eat the cheese county.
0: Yep. And then you see a big sign that says, a Hall of Incubated Babies. Come see the premature babies. And for actually 25 cents, you can go see a bunch of babies living in incubators.
2: You know me. I don't even like looking at babies. I don't like babies. No, not at all. But at the time, you could see them. That's right. There would be no TV. So I guess the best thing around would be to look at...
0: So they brought babies baby that should babies. be in a hospital to a fair to show people? So at the time, hospitals didn't do this. They didn't care. It was expensive. At, at, the, cost, at the time, it was like $75,000 to build one of these. At today's wow. amount, it would be like $1.5 And then... So hospitals didn't... Give me a quarter and look at this baby. I don't think i pay for it. So hospitals were like, we're not doing this. It's not worth it. They might have had like one at the time. So a lot of people had nowhere to go. And he was like, hey, we need to help these babies. They can survive in these things. So he charged 25 cents to people to come see it. So people can bring their babies to give them a chance to survive. And they said, um, like at that time, the average cost... For uh, to keep your baby alive in one of those would have been fifteen dollars a day, can, which would have been like four hundred and something dollars. Fifteen dollars back then for been like four hundred dollars a day here uh now to keep yeah, your old baby binding. in one of these, and people couldn't afford that. So like he like just set this up to like <laughs> fund these to help keep these babies alive. He saw a need. That you know, people weren't taking care of these babies; they were just letting them fend on their own. But they had the, they had the technology. A lot of people thought he was a quack and taking advantage of these parents, but they said like he saved uh, six thousand five hundred kids. Wow! They were able. They don't know the exact number. He said that between that and like eight thousand, probably is what he saved. So he toured,
2: toured around the country doing this, I guess.
0: Well, he did it at Coney Island. And then they would do it at like World's Fair. And, like, over time, people start to accept the the technology more. Like, he wasn't a doctor, but they said, like, he promoted himself as a doctor. And then he also had, like, the best nurses, the best doctors, and he had milkmaids that were be able, to, like, to take care of the yeah. kids. But he promoted this as a way. His daughter was actually born premature in 1907, and he was able to put her on one of these and save her.
2: So you would compare him to about the same level as, like, Dr. Phil?
0: Yeah, but, like, he was actually doing it for a good cause not to be on TV. Okay. Like, he was, like, a showman, but, like, he was doing it to save these babies when no one else would. Oh, it sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, and they said by, like, 1930, more doctors started to accept, like, this uh, training and all. And they did a, the World's Fair in Chicago, and it ran for 18 months. And they said after like the first year they had the babies who survived like a uh, anniversary day, and they all, a bunch of the mothers won their babies back. Then they like built the awareness of it that these babies shouldn't just be like left for dead because they were born premature. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And then in 1940, he stopped in 1943 because by 1940, hospitals started building un- new units and all.
2: That is kind of odd, though, that you would just. Uh keep these kids on i guess it was his way of like showcasing these it was kids showca-
0: like it was showcasing the technology and something like that but really it was funding the cost to keep these babies alive there was okay. the only way that somebody would build and pay for it and like not pass the cost off the parents who couldn't afford it they said like he didn't turn anybody away no matter your face social status or anything like that if you had a premature baby that needed Oh, and they said doctors started to send more and more kids there once they saw the results, you know. And they said, like, uh, the one guy who was a doctor said, like, he had students whose parent, uh that graduated that they were part of, like, the, the showcase. But, like, that's what their parents do to help keep them alive. He was the only one doing it at the time. That's cool. Yeah, nice. so... I found it interesting that this like started as like this like this guy's put in like a side show, like, Hey, come see these babies and it was like really actually doing great things for these premature babies. But yeah, it was an interesting guy. There's a lot more out there. There's books written on him.
2: What's the name of your fact then Alex? Uh
0: the Incubator Doctor. Oh, okay. Sounds like the name of one of my facts.
2: <laughs> That's a good name. <laughs> just straight up, straight up, what it is, yeah. Yeah,
1: just well, it didn't work for me uh, in the voting, so yeah. This town kind of big right. enough for the two of us. If you used to like my fact better than that, go vote for my fact. Yep. Mike, what's your fact?
2: All right, guys, I'm gonna go quick, because I don't want to bazaar you guys. And I'm gonna talk about the you- digestive system real quick.
0: Ooh, my third favorite system.
2: And. You heard the word bizarre. It didn't really fit in with that sentence, did it? It it tricked you guys. You thought I said bizarre. Exactly.
0: I thought it was just your lame attempt at a joke, so I let it slide. I've known you for too long.
2: (laughs) Well, what a bazaar is is it's a collection of partially digested materials that clumps up in like your digestive tract and like stops you up, and it can cause like you know severe pain nausea and even death so it's oh geez. it's pretty serious okay. well, why are you making a joke out of it yeah mike come, come on I'm trying not to be too non-serious about it i'm gonna make it's gonna be a very serious fact um but there's actually like a, quite a few different types of bazaars. and I, I i had no clue that there was this many like versions um
0: i didn't know it was a thing so
2: <laughs> yeah, well, strap in guys. <laughs> get ready for a ride. Um so in rare cases, infants get a lump of milk mucus and milk and it kind of like congeals together in the baby's stomach and obstructs the digestive tract. Um there's only been 96 cases of this since 1959 and 26 of those have been since 1986. So it's a very very rare rare version of the bazaar. Um what would you guys think this would this bazaar is called?
0: Baby, baby bazaar. bazaar.
2: Jinx. <laughs> not a baby. A, a lactobazaar. Yeah. Okay. Sounds disgusting. Um but yeah keep keep a lookout if your baby starts getting a little uh large tummy. Um not from eating too much, but just like kind of like a discomfort nut sort of thing. It could be a lactobazaar. All right, the next one up. So this teenage bazaar. <laughs> <When> <laughs> yeah, we're bazaar going through all through the puberty. age groups: the teenage bazaar, <laughs> the puberty bazaar. bazaar. Um, yeah. So a fifty-two-year-old man with chronic oh. psychosis complained about like like, <laughs> complained about stomach issues. And I guess what he had done was he had like swallowed nails, screws, knives, nuts, spoon handles screwdriver heads uh pebbles coins and wires so this guy had like a stomach that was just like completely filled up with random
0: was his tent
2: was right next to
0: these babies (laughs) exactly
2: but that's a classic case of what's known as the foreign body bazaar so that's kind of you know easy one to understand not a fun name just foreign body Bizarre. Now,
1: I heard there was an old lady who swallowed a fly. Now, I you don't know, know why. why she swallowed the fly, but perhaps she had a bazaar.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't think. I think your body would completely digest a fly.
1: Well, okay, so that's not it. She swallowed a spider that wriggled and jiggled and tiggled inside her. She, she swallowed she the swa- spider to catch the fly. Oh, God.
0: What'd she do I about the like- spider?
1: Well, she. She swallowed a bird to catch the spider that wriggled and jiggled and jiggled inside her, and she swallowed the spider to catch the fly. But I don't know why
2: she swallowed the fly. All right, Mikey, continue. She <laughs> swallowed a so bird. So this is, is actually absurd. a child story about bazaars, It sounds like.
0: Yeah, you never heard that story.
2: <laughs> no,
1: I
0: have not heard that story.
1: Oh, no. shout out to Pop Up Maloney. That was our favorite story as kids.
0: Yep, she swallowed a cat, and then a dog, and then a cow,
2: then a, a horse. horse.
0: Wow,
1: She's dead of course.
2: I think cows are larger than horses, though.
1: You would think that, but you have to swallow the horse to catch the cow.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right, so let's get into the next bazaar, guys. You guys ready for this one? Yes. Yes. This is the most frequent one out of all my bazaars. Um, and this one happens when you eat like indigestible like plant fibers. Um, That's all I eat. Yeah, I know. Pulpy fruits, orange pits, seeds, roots, and leaves. So I guess this sounds like you shouldn't eat um, salad.
1: That it explains a lot about why I'm backed up.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even sunflower seeds could cause this, but it's Not called a, big a sunflower seed. Guy. What, what do you think this would be called? It's like plant based, sort of.
1: Plant uh, bizarre. Lacto bizarre. Lacto ovo vegetarian.
2: I'm going to say lacto ovo bizarre. No. Fido bizarre, like Fido. The dog. Goes west? Like P H Y T O, like Fido uh, Plankton okay. or whatever. Or... Oh. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. Like, I know what that means. But there is a version of this called that is super hard. It's a super hard, if you the know Mike what I mean. Samber,
1: uh, the Mike Sambo. I think, Mike, oh, I think Mike you Samber. say hard once an episode. <laughs> yeah. And you lean into it every time. He stays
2: hard <laughs> all the time. I'm always hard. So if your phytobazor upgrades to a diosopierbazor, I can't even say that word. Alex, I should have had you read that word because you're much better <laughs> at reading hard-to-read words. Thank you. But that is a a hard a hard phytobazor, like a very, very hard one. That's and it's totally from eating one. persimmons.
0: From eating which what? I, a, the, a pers- the
2: persimmon's fruit. I guess it's like a fruit that um, is like in, uh, I how think you, Africa and. How do you spell it? Hold on. Persimmons. P E R S I M M O N S. All right. So Alex looked it up real quick. And what what is a persimmon? Because I didn't write that down.
0: Yeah, it looks like an orange fruit. One of the most common ones found. China produces seventy five percent of the world world's But, uh, foods. I don't know. Okay,
2: thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, this this is... So, these people in China are getting super, like, hard things in their stomach from the persimmons. But guess what one doctor used to treat this? This is is insane. So, one doctor told his patient to drink two cans of Coca-Cola Classic (laughs) every six hours uh, to... To like lessen the uh, bazaar.
0: Was this Dr. Pepper?
2: No, it's it's true. <laughs> 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 yes, it was Dr. Pepper. Let's go with Ox. Um Thank but you. they said they actually found that the Coca-Cola did dissolve that type of bazaar a little bit. I don't know if they actually cured the the poor guy, but um
1: he has no more teeth.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, so two now out of six hours. That's we're getting hours. into Uh, one of the final bazaars (laughs) on this bazaar adventure. Um, Is the final bazaar? This could be the the final final bazaar.
1: bazaar.
2: So, what would happen if a doctor like saw that you had like some hair sticking out of your um your throat, maybe a little bit, and uh you had large lumps of hair in your stomach, and um Mm -hmm. you're you're not turning into a cat. You're you're obviously a human. Um, and but, yeah, you're getting moon? hair lumped up into your digestive tract. Yeah. Were you cursed by a gypsy and then every full moon you turn into a werewolf? No, because you, you probably have a case of trichotillomania. Oh, okay. So that's the t- pulling of your hair. But then you're even more out, out of it and you actually decide to eat that hair and you have a case of tr- trichophagia. Oh. So you got both the pulling and the swallowing. <laughs> Mike, you've done it again.
1: <laughs> this whole fact was to get to that.
0: Mike didn't know anything he's talking about. He just wanted to get to the. Pooling. That's the only notes he has written down. <laughs> 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 Highlighted, underlined, and circled. He
1: just made up all those words.
2: <laughs> so you you get this gigantic hairball in your stomach. And it's called a tricho bazaar, or okay, some called it a Rapunzel it? syndrome. Oh,
0: yeah! Everybody knows Rapunzel had a ton of hair in her throat. It was. It's true.
1: <laughs> well, how did she get food up there? I don't that's, know. That's
2: they didn't cover that part in the book. <laughs> they weren't that detailed. If
1: food, if food was getting to her, she could have gotten out.
2: Yeah. So you you don't want to eat your hair. You can't digest it. It just clumps up in your stomach, and it causes lots of issues you can die um finally this last one you guys could probably guess the name because it kind of lines up with the rest but um this one is med related so what would you call a bizarre that's med related
0: med
1: bizarre bizarre med
2: actually med bizarre is the shorthand for it. it's a pharma co um i would have never so- got that <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, so if you overdose on like meds, or if you take a lot of antacids or aspirin, laxatives, it, it can like build up in your stomach and cause like uh, a blockage known as the pharma How bizarre! How bizarre! So yeah, that's you my know, fact for the week. Um, my wife thought it would be interesting because she uh, had a, somebody with a case with the the hairball in their stomach. So
1: really. Did you hear about that uh, Martin Screlly He had pharma bro, bizarre.
0: <laughs> Mike, what's the name of your fact? He's the pharma bro. Get out of here.
2: My fact is how bizarre.
0: All right, that's it, folks. You got Mike's fact, how bizarre. Uh, Pat's fact: This town ain't big enough for the two of us. Or my fact: The incubator doctor. You can always hit the vote button on the Pat podcast feed. The Pat the, cast feed. The yeah, Pat cast feed. It over. <laughs> yeah, it's mine now. Or you can go to factoffpodcast.com dot com to vote. Uh, check us out on all the socials. We don't do much on there, but we should. We do more. Pat hey, keeps posting so- the funny, uh, the best clip of the week. That's my favorite clip of the week.
1: Also, we can see you guys are listening to this. Start voting for us, but only me.
2: That's my public service announcement. Okay. You're sounding desperate now. <laughs> people, people don't like desperation.
1: I won like, I like it. <laughs>
0: I like desperation. Thanks for listening and have a great day.